Welcome to Susquehanna Valley Church Podcast. My name is Matt Saxinger. I'm head pastor here. Hey, we want to help you think about stuff you need to think about and talk about stuff you need to talk about. We are uh, very fortunate to have a guest with us today uh, named Andrew Damon. Why don't you say hi over there, Andrew? What's going on? Hey, uh, I was talking with Andrew the other day and we were grabbing lunch at Mission Barbecue and thought, you know what? I love what we're talking about. Love the the content and what, some of what God's doing in your life. And it's like, you know what? Let's get together and, and do a podcast, right? Sure. Absolutely. Good stuff. Why don't you tell me a little bit about like who you are and uh, and then, then we'll kind of run through some of your life. Sure. Uh, so 22 years old, not that old at all. Um, I grew up in New York State. I was born there. Um, I've done missions work with Wycliffe Bible Translators. Um, we did work in Papua New Guinea. We've been all over the world. I mean, New Guinea and Australia specifically is where I've mainly been. But if you count like stopping in the airport, I've been to Japan and all that stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, missions has kind of been the basis for my, my childhood. Yeah. Um, I think missions was also the basis for my dad's childhood as well. My dad went to New Guinea when he was 15. Okay. Um, I believe it was 15. I might be wrong on that, but I, I know it was in his middle teens. Um, so he had a pre-established experience there and that kind of drove us to, to choose that location. Um, but you know, just this, this overwhelming passion for, going out into all the world and making disciples of all men. Sure. I love it. Um, and that, that comes with time, of course. That comes with, you know, how interested you are in letting God into your life. And I feel as though it's become more prevalent in my life, more and more, that at any point, God could come back, you know? And sure. where, where am I at with my life? Where am I, you know, supposed to be? Yeah, that, and that awareness definitely brings a kind of a sobriety to mm -hmm. life that it's not always about the next thing I can do or the next thing I can buy. Sure. But what am I here for? Exactly. That uh, big question of yeah. why am I here? So so let's go back to like when you were a kid. How old were you when you were in Australia in New Guinea? New Guinea is kind of like near Australia, right? Yeah, by plane it's two hours. Okay. So quite What close. if you swam? How, how long would it be? <laughs> um like eight hours, probably maybe? take within a day. Yeah, okay, definitely. All right, good. Just but good to know. If you're not even by sharks first, I don't know. <laughs> That's a reality. Anyway. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, so how old were you um, when you were in New Guinea and Australia? Um, I believe within just a couple of days of arrival in New Guinea, I was about eight years old. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, when you add a new country to your list and you have to learn the language of the new country well, sure. in addition to the language you're already still trying to learn. It's like, I don't know, it can be a hassle, but it was never an issue for me. I mean, my parents had, they thought that it would be harder for us, me and my brother, I have an older brother. Um, they thought it would be harder for us to adapt to the culture. And I think in some ways it was, but we just thought it was awesome, you know? Yeah, so like, I mean, what was that like as, as an eight-year-old boy? Was there anything that was just like really kind of a crazy experience or story or anything? Um, you know, I, I'm thinking back right now, and I can't, I can't think of anything that really like made it surreal. Like, this is a big deal. You know what I yeah. mean? It was just following your parents. Which and what, is what, like, we what were they doing? What was their job there? I'm going to be completely honest with you, and I hate that I don't have an answer, but I'm not quite sure. I know my mom was a stay-at-home mom. She homeschooled us. And my dad did something with assigning jobs to people. I'm not okay. sure what that means. I have no idea what the I'm, – I'm not going to try and lie and say that I know, but he right. was in charge of a department. I know okay. that. 
Um, and as a result, he had quite a few run-ins with angry people and, you know, kind of directing people in the right direction. And sure. my dad's a natural leader, so that's just cool. kind of what he gravitated towards. So, but, so you were in New Guinea and then you guys went to Australia? Yeah, we went to Australia twice, I believe. Um, Australia was not a, a means of, of going to, to spread the word. It was because of a emergency. My, my dad had to be medevaced out of Australia or out of New Guinea to Australia because he was in a motorcycle accident. And he, for those of you who don't know, there's in your knee, there are two ligaments that are underneath your kneecap. And one of those ligaments, he put his foot down when he was riding his motorcycle to stable himself or, you know, to make himself stable. And his foot snapped to the side. And one of the ligaments under, under his kneecap completely severed. And wow. it was just hanging there. Um, that he was sounds in, like a bad day. He had, to, he had to, like, crawl on his arms. And, like, it was, like, very so, like, difficult. He, and he was like, and this is, like, New Guinea. So this mm-hmm. isn't, like, Anybody highly developed area. Correct. Yeah, we had a clinic, which was by us, but that, that's like for stitching up a cut, you know, not for major surgery. So I think it was that day we got medevac to Australia, and we were there for about two weeks. Um, and he fully recovered, and he was fine. So, okay. But it was that, and it was actually, we can get more into this, you know, farther down the line, but that was actually in Australia during that time was my first exposure to pornography. Yeah. Um, which... I don't know if anybody knows anything about Australian culture, but it's much more accepted there. There's a really? lot less of a filter. I, I had no clue. Yeah. yeah. And so how old were you when, when that was an exposure to you? Um, I believe I was nine or maybe 10. Wow. So quite young, um, which that is actually, I've done research on, on like modern day exposure and when people are exposed to pornography and the modern exposure age is nine. You know? Yeah. See, see, that's like that's pretty eye opening for me because mm-hmm. I'm sitting over here and I've got a son who turns nine mm-hmm. at the end of April. Right. Yeah. Especially nowadays with the the, the very large uh, uprise in technology, and it's no longer in just VHS tapes and magazines. It's in your pocket. You know what I right. mean? Right. So. Yeah. There, there's a level of temptation that's available. I mean, we're second. You're seconds away from being able to look at virtually anything you want. Mm-hmm. And so it really is funny. We were talking about integrity sure. uh, th- this week in church. And really, man, it, there's such a connection to that. One of, one of the things we talked about with integrity is the ability to be who you think you should be mm-hmm. when, when no one's there to, to hold you accountable. Sure, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Doing the right thing when no one's watching. So you, you're nine years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I'm assuming, has sort of like an addictive nature to, to it at the very beginning. Sure. Because it appeals to that curiosity. And I'm thinking about... When I was actually, it's funny you mentioned nine, because for me, it would have been nine as well mm-hmm. when I was at a friend's house and his dad had uh, magazines mm-hmm. underneath, you know, a, a bathroom counter. And we right. were just told, don't, you know, just don't go under the bathroom <laughs> cabinet. And it's like, well, that just is an invitation to a kid. Right, exactly. Um, and just feeling this rush of like, I know I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing, mm-hmm. but it's satisfying sure. to, to, to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that becoming something that's an impressionable feeling we run after mm-hmm. every time after that. Right. Yeah. Especially when you have no basis for, like, stopping yourself. You know what I mean? You've never right. run into it before, so there's no, like, defense wall. Sure. Oh, and I absolutely put it in the category of it, it's addictive in nature. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know? so, uh, so, yeah, we, we kind of... You know, we knew we were going to talk about this, sure, this topic, and I think that uh, was a nice way for us to kind of casually walk our viewers right, into yeah. it so they weren't just super shocked by absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um, 
Yeah, this, this is a huge deal, I think, in our society, in our culture. Mm. You've taken kind of a unique approach to trying to get the message out there. Mm. Why don't you walk us through what that's like? Sure. Um, so I'll start by by branding it or labeling it with two words, digital missions. I love it. Now, we live in an age where, like I've already previously stated, everybody's got phones, everybody's got computers, everybody's connected via the internet. I think that that is a big step up from getting on a plane, going into a village in the middle of Africa or Haiti or wherever, yeah. and giving someone a physical Bible. Now you can reach people in your living room in Haiti, in Africa, you know, all that stuff. Absolutely. So how do you apply those interests into a reality? How can, how can you get that to a reality? Right. Well, yeah, we've got the situation that we, we understand a lot wrong can go with it, right. but there's a lot of right that can be done sure. with it as well. Absolutely. And yeah, if everybody in the world's got this, the, the reality is if, if I'm a second away from temptation right. in any second, I'm also a second away from living out and sharing the gospel with mm -hmm. anybody as well. Sure. Definitely. Yeah. So I got to give credit where credit's due. I have a very, very good friend. He's my best friend. His name is Spencer. You've talked to him already. Yeah. Good guy. Uh, He's been to yeah. the church a couple of times. He's great. Um, but uh, he, this was, I think it was December 13th. I actually did some research and found out when I started the account. Uh, December 13th of last year, I, he came so up like to me. 2019 or 2000? 2019. Okay. Yeah. It was yeah. very, very recent. So uh, he came up to me and he said, cause I, just a little background. I like to do skits, sketches. I like to act. So making videos for Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, stuff like that is something I'm interested in. I like sure. being in front of the camera. Um, <laughs> so he said that there's an app called TikTok. Now, if anybody has heard of an app called TikTok, it is a platform that runs off the basis of 15 to 60 second videos of whatever you want. So okay. filming yourself, filming other people, whatever. But it's just videos. There's no pictures involved. And you can use hashtags to go and it's, it gets very technical, but he said he suggested that that would be a good platform to do my funny videos that I like to film. Sure. So I started, I, I downloaded it. I tried and I did about four of them and not a lot of traction was gained from that. It was just kind of fizzled out after a couple of days. People watched it and they said it was funny, but you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like, going anywhere. it wasn't going anywhere. And I remember there was one specific night where I was trying to like come up with something for a funny video and so you're just you're sitting down trying to yeah drum up some content and i i do that watching other people's videos maybe coming up with jokes whatever and i remember thinking this is not what i should be talking about this is not the kind of thing that i should be like not in a bad way but like right i'm i I have an opportunity to, to tell truth to to push truth out there yeah you, you got a platform right and I said, where should I, what should I start with? And the idea of pornography came up. And what if I did a video that kind of outlined why porn is bad and why you should stay away from it? And so when you came up with that idea, did you like run that past anybody else before you? No, no I didn't so do any of that. Like, hey, yeah. that's a bad idea. Just... No, I, I, I think I prayed about it. I think I just quickly said, hey, uh, this is this. Uh, I truly believe it was the Holy Spirit, just being honest. Well, yeah, and that's, yeah. Yeah, I and I just, I was like, I, I don't, I don't know what this is, but I feel moved to do this. Yeah. And it felt like very confirmed in my mind. And sure. so I was like, all right, I'm going to set up the phone and press start and just say whatever comes to mind. And I just kind of outlined, I said, Hey, you know, it was, I think it was like 1130 at night. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people struggle with pornography during the nighttime because that's when everyone's not paying attention. That's when their minds are shutting down, you know? Yeah. 
Um, so temptations so when no one else is around them. Right. Got, yeah. Yeah. Temptations yeah. at the door when when no one's watching. And I was I was like, it's it's like 1130 at night. Temptation is going to be there and getting your Bible. Remember how it feels to to feel guilt and bring that into the present. And, you know, in, before it's too late, before you've acted upon mm. the sexual temptation, the sexual immorality. And I got within two days, I got 200,000 views. And you, you, you said 200,000, 200,000. So that's 200,000 people. Mm -hmm. Saw, watch the content of the video that right. you were just talking about. Correct. That's incredible. Yeah. And it was, it was eye opening. I mean, the response was on both sides of the spectrum, like ex extreme sides of the spectrum. Like, oh, this is exactly what I needed to see. I feel God has led me to watch this video because I was about to watch pornography, and now I, I'm not going to. Yeah. You know, and that made me feel good. That made me feel like, hey, that this is awesome. I'm actually right. This was this was good. Yeah. yeah. But on the other hand you'd get hate comments like porn isn't bad. Porn isn't addictive. Porn isn't this. How can you say that porn is bad? It feels great to watch pornography. I, you know, and that's, it, it just further confirms the, the sinful nature of the, of the world. Right. And further confirms the need for that too. Now mm -hmm. I'm curious, you had 200,000 views mm -hmm. for that. Sure. How many views for your funny videos? <laughs> 50. Okay. So right. not, not very much. It was, you know, and I think uh, this is another on a technical level, but it does matter how you hashtag it, because if you hashtag it, it goes into a category of videos that are already being watched. So okay. if I hashtag it, porn is bad, then there are a community of people who are watching videos dedicated to why porn is bad. Okay. And my video will come up and they will see it. Um, and like a string, like a, like a string of videos that they can swipe through just like a YouTube channel or a Instagram yeah. or whatever. Um, so I hashtagged it like many different things, like Christian, Christian men, Christian women, like dedicated to Christians, dedicated to non-Christians, why porn is bad, um, you know, hashtag for you, which is like, means this video is for you, you know? And the, the overwhelming response was, was great. And I just felt very convicted and like, this is what I need to be doing. This is the, the topic mm -hmm. I need to talk about. It's interesting because the old school approach to missions would have been, mm -hmm. Before you put together a video, you got to go to like eight years of school. You got <laughs> sure. to learn this language. You got to go in the field and get some training, right. and then we're going to send you out there. And and you're just like in today's culture, like, hey man, God wants me to put together a video, and boom, tomorrow two hundred thousand people are going to yeah. hear this. Sure, uh, that's just that to me. I love, I love the creativity there. I love the fact that you responded to what God put on your heart. Mm -hmm. I think that's awesome, uh, and I love the transparency. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that I noted in our conversation um, at lunch the other day was just being real about, sure. you know, hey, this is a, this is an issue. And you talked about, you know, being around some other Christians and they weren't really cool, mm -hmm. you know, with kind of just that being a thing that people right. talked about and saying, hey, that's a struggle. What would you say to the person who's like who, who they they struggle in silence? Mm -hmm. What would you say to that person? I mean, everybody's different. Everybody has a specific approach that they bring to the table. Um, I don't think one approach is necessarily better than another because I do feel like God gives the person the personality or the uh, the way of thinking. You know what I mean? God has, has created us and, you know, we are born with specific mindsets. But I'd say it's a good idea to familiarize yourself with with preaching truth and to the audacity of speaking the hard truth, even when it's hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's difficult for some people. That's, that was difficult for me when I was young, you know? Um, 
but that comes with fear. That comes with the the fear of being shot down or not liked or whatever. Yeah, and being judged and oh, well, that guy. What's yeah. that guy gonna think? What's that gonna say? Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. yeah. And I know that putting out that video allowed a certain level of judgment to come in. You sure. Know? And I had to t- I had to think and, and say, am I willing to go through that? Am I willing yeah. to read those things and not appreciate them or not approve of them or not agree with them? And ultimately, I, I knew that my mission to preach truth, hard truth, was more prevalent and more necessary than avoiding judgment. Yeah, and whatever the drawback is, mm-hmm. isn't isn't you know it doesn't outweigh the positive sure. of what God's going to do through that. Exactly. Yeah, I, I love that. I love the fact that you've created a, an atmosphere, you created a platform for for you to say, "Hey, this is wrong." Mm-hmm. But it's also not something that is so wrong mm-hmm. that you need to you need to struggle with it without ever sharing with anybody without sure. ever any accountability, which was really the culture that was kind of created in in Christianity as I grew up was mm-hmm. like this is like the worst sin that you can do, and in right. fact, it's so bad you're probably better off not telling anybody you struggle right. with it. Yeah, and that is the the trap, I believe, that has been created. You know, I think that that Satan and all of his followers they. They thrive off of that mm-hmm. when sin is not talked about, when sin is not discussed. They right. thrive off of the silent mouths. Yeah. So when you talk about it, I think it really upsets him. I think it really hits home that, mm. hey, you know, this is exactly what I don't want. I want this to fester and nobody to talk about it. So when you talk about it, it, it helps. I think it does. It, it brings it to the light and it brings, mm-hmm. you know, the, another person in life to be able to speak truth into sure. what your specific situation. And, and I love that you, you mentioned earlier about how the struggles are so unique mm-hmm. uh, because really it appeals to so many different people for so many reasons. Some is just uh, like a pure curiosity. Some of it is that, that sense of accomplishment to feel like you, you've seen something or you've, you, you, yeah, it's just by, by itself, it's addictive in many different ways right. uh, for many different reasons. And then the question is, well, what do we do with that? Mm-hmm. And I don't think hiding it. I don't think hiding it's the issue. No, not at all. Or, or the answer. Yeah. yeah. Um, what are like? What are some scriptures that maybe like, or or maybe it's a scripture that mm-hmm. God used to, to kind of bring you to a perspective in life where you're like, hey, this isn't a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad he he gives me some advice kind of on on like approach and just coming from a softer place and not a hardcore judgmental place. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, this is wrong and you shouldn't do this and all that. But understanding, understanding that people are sinful, sure. understanding that people are, are going to fall short of the glory of God. We've already done that many times. And the one verse that he gave me was Psalms 19.14, which yeah. is, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock wow. and my redeemer. And that encompasses everything. What I think, what I say, everything must be accepted in your sight. Well, what is accepted in your sight? Well, read the Bible and it tells you. Yeah. So, yeah. perfect segue. I love it. But I love it. So, so then from your perspective, like if you were trying to, if you had somebody who says, yeah, I watch porn, mm-hmm. I don't think it's a bad thing. What right. would you say to that? Um, clouded judgment was what in my brain I would think. It's, really? It is a... What do you mean by that? Because I, I agree with you, but i just yeah, flesh that out. I would say to, to understand the nature of pornography is to understand, like to fully understand the nature of pornography, is to have a preconceived idea that it is addictive, right? Mm-hmm. We talked about this already. Yeah. Yep. It has an addictive nature, and I don't think that anyone who says that porn is bad is thinking that it's bad. 
It's not, it, it's, it's not, or anyone who's thinking that porn is not bad is thinking that it's addictive. It's not addictive to them. Sure. It's not bad. But what is their basis for thinking that? Because it feels good when you're watching porn, because it feels good when, when, you know, all those thoughts are in your head. Like what is, what is your basis? So understanding this, the, the person's basis for why they're saying that is important. Sure. Not labeling everybody as, oh, you know, you think it's good because you're a sinner and stuff like that, which we're all sinners. Let's, let's be yeah. real here, you know, but I don't know. I guess that's maybe a bad way to describe it. It's just like, if you clearly, if you truly think that porn is, is not bad, you don't understand the full nature of pornography and sure. all aspects, all corners of it. We had, uh, we were uh, talking the other day, we mentioned, yeah. um, you, you actually brought up Ravi Zacharias. Yeah. One of the things he talks about is how it creates an unsatisfiable imagination. Correct. Like it's just, you're always longing for and wanting for something else. Sure. There's never a perfect video that that's the end of it. I never have to watch another Correct. video or a perfect image. Yeah. There's always, well, what about this? Or mm -hmm. what if I could see somebody doing that? Yeah. Um, and there's always a curiosity for right. what else could be consumed in a sense. Um, to maybe that will satisfy me. Correct. Yeah. It create pornography creates a, an appetite for a false reality rather than a, uh, an honest truth. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, it's, it pushes away what God has created is, is perfect and as, as intimate. Yeah. And it, it breathes catastrophe. <laughs> well, and we, we pushed it this kind of in the song of Solomon series a little bit towards the end where we were talking about how, um, you can't possibly involve yourself in a regular pattern of lust mm -hmm. in this fantasy world that we create mm -hmm. and expect it not to infringe on our current real reality. Sure. Definitely. Like it's going to carry, it's going to bleed out of that. And some of the ways that, that we looked at that were was this understanding that um, if you create a perfect world, mm -hmm. you don't get to come back to an imperfect world and, and not be dissatisfied. Sure. There's a level of which the real world can't, can't can't you know compete with a with a fake perfect world mm -hmm. yeah definitely have you do you, have you noticed that at all or you feel like uh, that's a that's a thing for people or yeah definitely i feel like the when the expectation is set to such a high standard that it can't be met or matched with reality you're in a very dangerous spot it's never hopeless that's that's one of the things that i've run into on my page on tiktok is is it hopeless do i have no hope and no, you do have hope. You have the, the the greatest hope of all time. His name is Jesus Christ. And it's it's it is never going to stop. You always have an option to try and get out of it. Sure. But you can't do that by yourself. Yeah, and I find I find different stories in that. Some people it's like the I'm I just quit cold turkey mm -hmm. thing and I've never never ever gone back. And then there's right. like the person who maybe just gradually grows in a discontentment for mm -hmm. it. Like it, it becomes more and more dissatisfying. Right. And that's ultimately, that's always my prayer when I find out that that's a wrestle for somebody mm -hmm. is that the act of pornography and, and, and any sort of um, sexual expression in response to that, my prayer is that it becomes emptier and emptier for mm -hmm. them. Because I think it is a truly hollow, selfish experience. Mm -hmm. And the more that God, the more that we walk with God, I think the more those things become dissatisfying for yeah, us. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's where the scriptures often – there's there's two that I love um, in, in this. And one is it talks about um, Christ and, and God himself being this spring. And we're, we're supposed to be this tree planted by the, the springs of living water and just right. how it produces fruit in season and out season. is a picture of just joy, consistent blessedness. Mm -hmm. 
And to me, that was always the opposite of my own struggles or anybody else who's ever struggled with this uh, this sin is is they're never happy. Yeah. Like they're never consistently joyful and content. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always something that's missing. It's just it's just been this drain to life itself. The other one that was always big for me was Proverbs 9, mm-hmm. where Solomon is talking to his boys, um, and he, he gives them a picture. He actually invites them to watch the, the prostitute try to lure people into her house. Yeah. And he, he, he says, you know, watch her eventually, essentially 9, and then verse 16, let all who are simple come to my house, she says, to those who have no sense. Mm-hmm. Stolen water is sweet, and food eaten in secret is delicious. And here's here's the one that, like, the, the kicker here. But little do they know that the dead are there, mm-hmm. that her guests are deep in the realm of the dead. Yeah. Uh, one of the verse, one of the versions translate this is that they're they're enjoying a banquet in the grave. Mm-hmm. That what is satisfying to them, what is pleasing, is also the same thing as robbing them of satisfaction. Correct. That's robbing them of life itself. Yeah. And, and if, so for me, like if somebody's going, well, porn's not bad. I'm going, well, what effect does that have on your relationship? Sure, definitely. Y- you know, what effect does that have on your well-being throughout life? Because I've, I've never been, I've never met anybody that was genuinely, consistently joyful who wrestled mm-hmm. with this. Yeah. Regardless of whether or not they thought it was right. Sure, definitely. Yeah. I mean, the Bible says that, you know, the the joy of the Lord is my strength. And and when you replace the the, the joy of God with the joy of, of sexual immorality, I mean— the Bible makes claims that it's wrong. And then when we act upon those sexual immorality, those things, and it's confirmed that it's wrong. It's confirmed that there is no joy in this. And and I think oftentimes people have the perspective when we talk about this, they're acting like we're taking something very good away from them. Yeah. You know, like, like it's like, it's a little kid and they've got a toy and we're saying, no, Mm -hmm. that's actually not a toy. It's a knife. Yep. And and the kid's going to throw a fit, and they're going to be upset. How could you do that? How could you do that? We see something that you don't see. Right. And that's the nature of somebody who's in an addiction. You talked about that that clouded uh, perspective where right. we're not seeing it accurately. And I think what God's saying is, look, you might not fully comprehend this. Mm-hmm. It's wrong. Yeah. And it's detrimental to you. Sure. So Jesus, you know, he comes along and he says, hey, um, you've heard it said if you commit adultery with a woman, you know, that's a sin. But then he takes it further and he says, if you look at a woman lustfully, mm-hmm. you've committed thing. adultery in your heart. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think he's, I think it's a protective measure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people don't see it that way, and which is sad. It's like, it's very sad that people are very right. just, they, they, they want it so, like, I understand why they want it so bad because I've been there. I understand why pornography and sexual immorality is such a, a want to some people. But when you decide, even if you want it so badly, even if you really want to act upon those things, when you decide that God's will and God's law is greater than your own, because he sees the full picture. That's that's the key statement right yeah. there. When you decide God's law is greater than your own, which the irony of that statement you know, for us not to believe that mm-hmm. is to go essentially, I know better than God. <laughs> yeah, and taking it, taking it that far, and which is a big like... Okay, and that's that's what I essentially try to challenge people with is this idea. Of, uh, look, most most people who are following after Christ are going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's better for me to do finances mm-hmm. the way that God wants me to do. It's better for me, um, you know, to do honesty the way God wants me to. Right. But then it's like there's this little corner over here of sexuality that they might say mm-hmm. it's better, but then to put the trust into it, mm-hmm. 
and to to put the patience and the restraint and the self discipline as God gives you strength. Yeah. And to to let it be on His terms, mm-hmm. it's it's so hard. And, and yeah. I'm going, please, mm-hmm. <laughs> like it will make all of your life better. Mm-hmm. There's very few things where I'm going, like, if you do this, all of your life will get better. Yeah. If you walk, if you follow God to walk outside of porn yeah. and, and a sexual addiction, all of your life will get better. Sure. All of it. Yeah. I agree. So um, I asked you this the other day. I want to ask you again. Sure. Um, what is it that we as a church can do? Because you mentioned digital missions. and mm-hmm. In my opinion, that that's what you're doing right sure. now. That's awesome. What can we as a church do to support you? Mm-hmm. And then follow-up question, what do you think we as a church can do to make this an environment mm-hmm. where people are free to say, hey, Pastor Matt, I struggle with this. Or, yeah. or hey, so-and-so, like this is a, this, I want you to pray for me as I grow through this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, your first question, how can you support me through this? Uh, prayer. Number one thing is prayer. Um, you know, it's... When I when I go to sleep tonight, I'm going to be tempted. You know what I mean. And yeah. every other person in the world will be tempted as well. There, there's at some point in this in on this 24 hour stretch, yeah. someone's going to be tempted. And there are people out there who do not believe in the power of prayer, but prayer is a communication. It's talking to God. It's 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 yeah. requesting things from God and telling God things, and it's communication and. Man, and I love that because so often we pray, and, and I do it too, but we'll mm-hmm. pray for like health. Sure. And we'll pray for like a job for somebody, yeah. but to pray that they'd be free from sexual temptation. Yeah. Man, that's that's what we need to pray sure. for. Sure. Praying for, and not, you know, that's the other thing. When it comes to prayer, this is another thing that my followers on TikTok tend to question me about is God is not just some some magical magician in the sky who you get to ask for the Colts to win. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's not why he's there. The Colts are never going to win anyway. (laughs) No, but like he's, you have to have a healthy respect for God. Sure. And I think a genuine like fear of God, like I cannot believe I'm talking to the creator of the universe right now. That's insane. And when you, when you don that perspective, your requests tend to be filtered Mm -hmm. and you no longer asking for stupid things. You're asking for things that are necessary. Yeah. Um, and as for your second question, there are two aspects to that. Number one is a personal vendetta that you have with yourself. That's like, I am going to be nervous about this. I do not want people to know that I struggle with this. It's so, it's so annoying to me and I don't want people to judge me. It's such a pride thing to say it's beneath me to admit to a struggle. Sure. You know, a specific struggle. Right. And it's just, it just does damage, but keep going. Yeah, no, but I, I, on that point, I would say that in my experience with this particular issue, admitting that you have a problem is half the battle. Hmm. Admitting that you need to help. I think it puts it in the open that you're saying, hey, I don't like this. Yeah, definitely. I wish this wasn't true. Your, your conscience. That's yeah, definitely. And sometimes that's, that's you coming to the conclusion via whether it's, uh, example that's shown to you or whether it's a personal experience, but many times it's the Holy Spirit telling you, Hey, you got to get this out of your life and I'm going to bring people along to help you with that. We fear the, we fear the repercussions of an admission of this Mm -hmm. as opposed to, as opposed to welcoming the freedom that it offers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say this, I'd say you're never too young or old to talk to somebody about it. If you are 10 years old, if you're 95 years old, doesn't matter. It's an issue. It is it is blatantly sin and it yeah. is not it has no room in the temple of God. 
Well, and, and I realize, like in a church of two hundred fifty people, like yeah. that's that's a reality. We we've got a number of people who are struggling with that in silence. Right. And man, I, I just want us to be at a place where we can say, "Hey, this is my struggle." Sure. Even if it's just like another an, another person the same gender that you just pull aside, yeah. and said, you know, "Hey, I'm tired of living in, in silence here. I mm-hmm. want to. I, I just want to be free of this." Right. And to know that, hey, you know, everybody else in the church struggles with some sin somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And we're all fighting this battle together. Mm-hmm. Sexual sin is one of the most unspoken sins in the church community. I'm not talking about just this church. I'm talking about any oh, church. Sure. Right. It is it is very, very hush-hush. And I hate that. I don't hate a lot of things, but I do not like that. It has got to be talked about. You got to take a stand. There's, there's no wishy-washy approach to it. It's wrong or right, and it's wrong. Yeah, and we, we can't begin to give the facade that or, or the impression that, it, that it's that it's okay. That, yeah. it, that it's, you know, sexual sin is sure. not sin. Right. But we also can't create the scenario where I think people go to the other side where you say it's so wrong that it's wrong for you to talk about. And, yeah, definitely. And that's what I love and what I so appreciate about your willingness um, to uh, to chat about this. Mm-hmm. Definitely. What do you like any any stories of things that people have said that have just encouraged you to keep going in this journey? Yeah. Um, I had somebody about two weeks ago. He is a very seasoned pastor in Texas. Um, he's, I think, in his 60s. And he reached out to me and told me that he has struggled with pornography for 30 years. Wow. Never told anybody. And he knows that if he were to bring it up, that he would have to step down from his pastoral, you know, yeah, uh, lifestyle. And I did a video that I was very passionate about and just emphasized how bad it is and how necessary it is to, to talk about it. And he said, my, my pride, which you have already brought up, my pride was so large, but now because of your video, it's brought me back down to where I'm supposed to be. And I am going to step down. I'm going to do everything that I need to do to get my life back on track. And I'm going to try. And he thanked me for it. And that was it. And Yeah, I, I, I mean, personally, when people tell you that kind of thing, these are people who have been alive mu- longer than you have by sure. a large stretch, and they're telling you that what you have said has helped them. My first reaction is, oh, this is all me. This is all my doing. Mm-hmm. But you have to realize that it's not. Yeah. It's all God. It's completely God. The Holy Spirit is working through me. I am, I am a, a servant. I, I never that. want to claim to be someone larger than a servant. Yeah, that's... I love uh, I love the way Corinthians talks about it when when Paul's talking about a group of people that promote themselves. Sure. And he uses a word for himself as a servant, mm-hmm. which is if you remember the big old school boats where they had a bunch of guys underneath the deck yes. who just had the big oars and they're just like <laughs> one of hundreds of people helping to move the oars. Yeah. Paul Paul says that's who I am. Mm-hmm. Like all I'm doing is helping move the gospel forward. Yep. And so, uh, you know, as we try and share truth, that's what we're doing. Yeah. And uh, just want you to know, if, you, if you're listening in, man, this is a safe place. We want to be a church where this is a safe place for you to mm-hmm. say, I struggle. I'm not perfect. We yeah. already knew you weren't perfect. We sure. just didn't know how you weren't perfect. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this is, this is a place for you to walk and find freedom in Christ from that which steals life from you. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I want to say thank you to Andrew for, Absolutely. for coming on. And uh, love the fact you guys are thinking about this stuff. Hey, if this is a struggle, find someone to talk to about it. Mm-hmm. Reach out to somebody. Find a, find a trusted friend um, and, and just say, hey, this is where I'm struggling with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want your prayer. I want your support as we try and walk free of it. Absolutely. Thank you guys for checking us out and uh, stop in another time.